our scripture reading schedule as you find it in that first reading in your bulletin takes us from chapter 21 of Leviticus through the close of this book of the Pentateuch, the book of Leviticus. Our readings through these closing chapters this week, taking us to the close of the book, give us continued instruction from God to his people how they must live as a holy nation with God dwelling in their midst. And we remember that Leviticus especially sets out for us distinctions between clean and unclean, Uh, That is, those things distinguished by God as suitable for use in sacred purposes, the clean, and those things unsuitable for such uses, the unclean. And from among those things that are distinguished as clean, some may be devoted to that sacred use of worship or as the Lord's special possession, and these are described as holy. We should note how this applies from the smallest of things all the way up to the nation of Israel itself. The descendants of Abraham through Isaac and then Jacob are set apart ceremonially and nationally by God so that they are clean and then God takes them for his own special possession and he designates them as holy. As we read through what this involves and what this looks like in the life of Israel of old, we should meditate upon what it means for us as the church in the New Covenant to fulfill these things as the holy nation, as the royal priesthood, as the temple and dwelling of God Most High. So the commands related to holiness are are first ordered around the worship and drawing near to the presence of God in the tabernacle. And that approach is carefully set out and reaches its climax in the Day of Atonement with the entrance of the high priest into the Holy of Holies to sprinkle the blood of atonement upon the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant where the glorious presence of God was manifest. And this is followed by detailed instructions in holiness for the whole nation, holiness in ceremonial, civil, familial, and personal aspects of all of life. These instructions were given for every part of life, touching on all sorts of different roles in society. Here, in chapters 21 and 22, special attention is given to details of holiness, first for the priests and their activities in chapter 21, and then for the offerings brought by the people and handled by the priests in chapter 22. Chapters 23 through 25 cap off the focus upon holiness by a careful consideration of God's purpose for his people in Sabbath observance. Here we are taken from the weekly Sabbath through an expanded view of all the elaborate Sabbath feasts and festal days established by the Levitical ceremonies. From monthly to annual to multi-year Sabbath observances along with laws related to those ceremonial observances. Now, right in the middle of this section, 23 through 25, 
stands chapter 24, which will seem particularly unusual in its content. Uh, Not the first part, but uh, the closing part of that chapter. The first nine verses of of chapter 24 set out instructions for the high priest to maintain the golden lampstand and the golden table of sacred bread, the showbread, or bread of the presence. Remember, these were placed immediately outside the most holy place, just outside the veil, and so right at the entrance to the manifest presence of God. The lamps were to be kept burning with the light facing the table of twelve loaves or, or cakes set out in two rows of six. These were to be maintained by the high priest week by week, Sabbath day by Sabbath day. Now, these held a special sacramental meaning that is being highlighted here uh, in the middle of this section on the Sabbath appointments for Israel. The meaning was not simply for the people of old, but also for us to understand we who have inherited the fulfillment of all these things in Christ Jesus. There are layers of symbolism involved uh, in uh, this set of sacramental Uh, emblems, Uh, but God is especially emphasizing uh, in this this instruction about the lamp and the table of the sacred bread, Uh, and that emphasis upon the light of his countenance, the light of his presence shining upon his people, Uh, the twelve cakes representing the twelve tribes, the lamp being set up across from those loaves and shining its light upon them, uh, this had a sacramental meaning. The Lord's presence shining upon his people and sanctifying them unto holy communion with him. God is in this zooming in on the purpose of the Sabbath in relation to his people gathering in his presence. God's purpose in the Sabbath is to bring his people into the special experience of his transforming presence so that they may increase in holiness and in intimate communion with him. Just as it says in the Aaronic benediction, God's face is shining upon them and giving them peace. This is still God's purpose For his new covenant Sabbath day on the first day of the week. But now Christ, the Lord of the Sabbath, has transformed it to have more power, more glory, and more intimacy. But the same purpose to draw us near that we in the sacred presence of God have his light shining upon us, sanctifying us, increasing our intimacy with him through growth in grace and holiness. The remainder of chapter 24 is what is particularly unusual uh, to our hearing. Suddenly, we have a narrative of an Egyptian-born man getting into a fight with an Israelite and blaspheming the name of the Lord. The people recognize how serious this is, so they arrest the man and await a word from God as to what should be done with him. The Lord sends instruction through Moses that the man is to be put to death by stoning. And then further instruction is given with regard to other death-related crimes and how they're distinguished from uh, deaths that do not bring uh, a death penalty. 
what's going on here, right in the middle of these chapters about the Sabbath? Why this unusual narrative interruption? Well, the Lord is teaching through a jarring contrast. God is contrasting the way of blessed peace, pictured sacramentally in the light of the lamp, upon the loaves. And he's contrasting that in a jarring way with the profane things of blasphemy and death that were associated with Egypt, from which they were liberated. The blessed peace of God that is pictured in the holy place is not simply a picture for inside the tabernacle. It is a peace that is to be lived out in the lives of God's people in the community. And when the profanity, blasphemy, death, and injustice associated with Egypt comes in to destroy that peace of God, God gives them the remedy for addressing it. Again, the presence of the holy in sacred worship, the sacred name, and the sacred day bring great blessings, but also particular obligations to walk in holiness. We should consider that these are the very things addressed in the first table of the law. That is, the exclusivity and sacredness of God in worship, name, and day. No other gods, worshiping only according to his command and by no idol, holding his name as sacred and keeping his day as sacred. These things are touched here in chapter 24 in this way. Chapter 25 of that section concludes the special and extended instructions related to the Levitical laws of Sabbath keeping and related worship ordinances, including special situations that would arise with the year of Jubilee and and so on. And this also concludes the forming of the covenant with the people at Sinai. So in chapter 26, we have the sanctions that come with the covenant, the blessings and cursings of the covenant as God's uh, Sinai covenant uh, and its commands and ordinances come to a close then concludes then concludes that covenant established with the declarations of blessings and cursings this happens again remember in the second giving of the covenant that we find in Deuteronomy remember that there Moses rehearses the whole of the covenant formed with Israel at Sinai and on that occasion Uh, It's concluded with instructions about giving the blessings and cursings uh, on Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And then uh, God does not conclude the book with those blessings and cursings. He concludes with chapter 27, giving instructions that have to do with redemption of his people and of their property when dedicated to God through vows and so on. It is interesting that the Lord concludes not with the sanctions but with practical procedures that picture something about redemption. He finishes reminding them of of grace, if you will. Similarly, Deuteronomy does not conclude with the blessings and cursings. Rather, God records at the end of Deuteronomy the passing of Moses with many notes of grace. Interesting uh, how the Lord goes through that pattern in both places. Now, I wish to read in your hearing... Chapter 24, as we gave extended comment on it, 
we are prepared to hear it more fruitfully. Remember, God is contrasting in a jarring way that purpose of the Sabbath in receiving the light of his countenance that uh, brings the blessing of peace and how that must be lived out, not only in sacred worship where we experience that blessing intimately, but we must live out that peace in holiness. And uh, God takes very seriously our obligation to holiness. And that's pictured here in that jarring contrast when blasphemy comes and all those patterns of injustice and murderous and death-dealing profanity, uh, when those impinge upon uh, that blessed peace, we must take in hand such sins. We must put such sins to death with an earnest and vigorous diligence. So with these things in mind, let's stand together and hear chapter 24 of the book of Leviticus. Hearing and heeding this God's holy, infallible, and inerrant word. Leviticus chapter 24. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually. Outside the veil of the testimony... In the tabernacle of meeting, Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning. Before the Lord continually, it shall be a statute forever in your generations. He shall be in charge of the lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. And you shall take fine flour and bake twelve cakes with it. Two tenths of an ephah shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows, six in a row, on the pure gold table before the Lord. And you shall put pure frankincense on each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in the holy place, in a holy place, for it is most holy to him from the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statute. Now the son of an Israelite woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel, and this Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel fought each other in the camp. And the Israelite woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shalomit, the daughter of Dibri, of the tribe of Dan. Then they put him in custody that the mind of the Lord might be shown to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take outside the camp him who has cursed. Then let all who heard him lay their hands on his head. And let all the congregation stone him. Then you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Whoever curses his God shall bear his sin, and whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him, the stranger as well as him who is born in the land. When he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. 
Whoever kills any man shall surely be put to death. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good, animal for animal. If a man causes disfigurement of his neighbor, as he has done, so it shall be, so shall it be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he has caused disfigurement of a man, so shall it be done to him. And whoever kills an animal shall restore it. But whoever kills a man shall be put to death. You shall have the same law for the stranger and for one from your own country, for I am the Lord your God. Then Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and they took outside the camp him who had cursed and stoned him with stones. So the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word.